You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR, 855 AM. The show is Raise the Roof. My name is Shane. I'm here with Fiona. How are you doing, Fiona? Hey, Shane. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Um, look, we are going to start the show with some sad news. We were saddened at HAG to learn uh, last week of the recent passing of our longtime member, uh, passionate advocate for older people's housing justice, Richard Tate. Um, Fiona, you've got some audio of Richard that you were going to play by way of tribute? Yeah, so Richard um, was a member of our organisation, one of the very early members of Housing for the Aged Action Group, and he was also a member of the Unitarian Church. And those of you who aren't familiar with those guys, they have people come as guest speakers um, to talk about issues which are social justice or environmental issues and Richard was a regular contributor to to that and I have a little tiny bit of audio from the last time that he spoke at the Unitarian Church which was in at the end of 2019 um, where he talks about the importance of public housing to prevent homelessness so we'll play that clip now. People can't afford to pay it on a pension, any pension, you can't afford to pay a rent now. That's why there's homelessness. And the only way that that can happen to be level a bit is by building more public housing. The money's available. There's all sorts of ways to get the money, believe me. But the, the government just, uh, and my particular group, protests every week on, on the parliament steps. I think it's a Wednesday. I can't go now, I can't stand. But every Wednesday, about public housing, there's never any comment. And as I said in the talk, what has the government got against public housing? What is the argument against it? That was Richard. Um, My recollections of Richard was when he came in to our committee of management a couple of years ago when the organisation was going through a bit of a rough patch. Um, And he was a really great supporter of maintaining the integrity of the kind of grassroots and not being kind of subsumed by what he saw as an (laughs) over-Americanisation, which was um, his kind of interpretation of how we often get tied up in bureaucratic um, kind of requirements. And he was very determined to make sure that HAG stayed true to its grassroots beginnings and its um, activist values. So on a personal level, I really loved having Richard as a supporter. He was always fantastic um, to chat with and had a great perspective. So we'll be sorry to see him go. Yeah, he seemed like a great guy and would like to express our condolences to everyone who knew him. Yeah. So 
for the rest of the show today, we are harking back to the um, forum that we held late last year, um, which was talking about particularly older women and homelessness and some of the things that we can do to address that on a national level. Um, so we're going to play some clips from one of the breakout panels, which was called the Local Solutions Panel. Um, the reason that we actually had this breakout panel was because we often have people contacting us wanting to hear about things that have worked um, in other places, things that perhaps are on a small scale now, um, but have the potential to be expanded as a way to address the housing crisis. Um, and so there was actually four people on the panel. One of them we've already heard from recently, which was um, Peter Sibley from the United Housing Co-op that Shane and I interviewed a couple of weeks ago. So we're not gonna play Peter because we already gave him quite a good go on one of the other shows. Um, there was also another woman speaking from South Australia about Aboriginal elders housing, which is a really great project, but we're going to save that for another show as well. Um, so today we're going to be hearing from two speakers. One of them is Erin Dolan from the Lord Mayor's Charitable Fund, who has taken the initiative of trying to get some funding to try out some different ideas. And the other one is Rebecca Oakless from the Brisbane Housing Company, who's um, built some housing for older women. And the forum is um, convened by Dr. Kate Raynor. So you will hear her speaking in the clip that I'm about to play. Um, and then both of the speakers will um, have a little bit of a discussion about their solutions to the older, the crisis for older women. So we'll go into that now. My name is Erin Dillon, Senior Program Manager, Homeless and Affordable Housing at the Lord Mayor's Charitable Foundation. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I'm going to talk to you today about uh, an initiative of the foundation, the Affordable Housing Challenge. I've got my email address there. If there's something I haven't covered or if you have more questions, please feel free to email me. The Lord Mayor's Charitable Foundation is the community foundation for Melbourne. We have um, been operating for almost 100 years. We uh, celebrate that in 2023. Um, the foundation has a longstanding commitment to homelessness. Um, under this commitment, we have two um, outcomes we're seeking to achieve. One is increasing the supply of quality, affordable housing. The other is interventions that prevent entry into homelessness or um, prevent entrenchment into homelessness. Um, and I've just seen in the chat, there's a bit of interest about philanthropy, um, uh, philanthropy's role in affordable housing. If you're interested in this topic, I also chair, as Kate said, Affordable Housing Funders Network through Philanthropy Australia. So in 2017, we began an affordable housing challenge. This was done through our work with Transforming Housing, which is now the affordable housing hallmark based at the University of Melbourne. It's an action research collaboration focusing on um, transforming housing policy in Victoria. Through um, that collaboration, um, Transforming Housing created the Housing Access Resource Tool. We call that HEART for short, and it's um, publicly available on the University of Melbourne website. I encourage you to take a look at it. If you enter a um, address in Melbourne, it will give you a rating from zero to 20 based on 
um, that uh, address is located uh, proximity to um, amenities. And by amenities, we mean access to um, schools, uh, uh, fresh food, open spaces, um, medical services, uh, community services, uh, public library, etc. So in 2017, we put a, a request out for proposals. We ran a grant round with um, local council uh, asking them to submit land parcels as landowners um, for the creation of affordable housing on that land. And we incentivized them through uh, a grant of a million dollars. Once we received those um, uh, uh, applications, we used a site selection criteria, again, very focused on location, because we believe that um, people who live in affordable housing need to have access to amenities. The site we chose was in Preston, and we partnered with Darabin City Council. Um, as you can see from this uh, picture, the site is in green. It's very well located. It's across from a library. It's right by Town Hall. It's got great public transport routes, very close to um, uh, a market as well. Um, and after um, the site and the partnership was established, we when, then went out to uh, an RFP process I'm looking for the right community housing provider. Um, housing Choices was chosen. Um, you can see in uh, a rendering of the site there. Um, we are um, getting underway. Uh, we expect the project to um, develop 40 units, um, about half, half, one bedroom and two bedrooms. Um, the model uh, is about uh, retaining the ownership um, through uh, public assets. So the council will retain the ownership. Um, housing choices will develop and then um, lease it as well. Um, I should just say that we uh, expect to produce a, a toolkit after the um, uh, very, very soon, which will show how we did this, including how we um, did the financial stack. I know that's a keen interest for many people. Um, in 2020 and now in 2021, we, we switched the focus from local councils to not-for-profits. Um, landholders, including faith-based organizations, um, we're going to use their um, land holdings, including vacant land, um, strata, and even existing buildings to build um, more affordable housing. We've also, uh, rather than just run a capital works grant, have included a feasibility grant. So, so groups that are at very early stages want to do some exploration, we've um, allowed uh, for that grant as well. And uh, I think I'll uh, end it uh, there. Um, so our final presentation for today is from Rebecca Olkitz, who is the CEO of Brisbane Housing Company, which is one of the largest community housing providers in Queensland. She's worked in the field of community and affordable housing for the past 19 years. She's the deputy chair of the Community Housing Industry Association and a board member of the Urban Development Institute of Australia, Queensland branch. Um, they've delivered a range of projects focused on older people, and we're very lucky to have her here today to talk about it. So thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Kate. Really appreciate that. And I'm really, really thrilled to be here, everyone. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're meeting today. I'm meeting on Jagra and Terrible Land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And I also just want to say a very, very big thank you to Linda and Penny for explaining their situations and their lived experience in the earlier session. I can 
absolutely relate to those stories from the point of view that we hear these stories all the time, every day, day in, day out. Um, and we're really, really focused on providing additional affordable housing for older Australians. So Brisbane Housing Company is a not-for-profit organisation. We're a developer and also an operator. We're a public benevolent institution. And we've actually developed around 2,000 units of accommodation um, over the 18 years that we've been around. And we own our portfolio and then we rent out our accommodation at a discount to market rent, usually less than 74.9%, but also usually capped at around 30% of somebody's income. So that's a really, really important point. And we've delivered a range of housing options that are available for older women, including 215 units with purpose-built senior within purpose-built seniors complexes. So whilst we haven't designed specific housing for women, um, the reality is that the vast majority of our older residents are women. And as I said before, we are seeing that more and more and more. There's a real prevalence of older women coming through our doors. Um, and so we're really very passionate about providing housing that will meet their needs. Um, we're looking to grow the supply of our homes significantly over the next five to seven years. Um, and as I say, like BHC has done 2000 units, we could do so much more. We've got the development capacity, we've got the operational capacity, we build places people love to live, but it all depends on funding, absolutely all depends on funding. And so I was thrilled to hear some of the politicians speaking earlier and about the will for this. It is just so important to have the will. So I wanted to show you um, a couple of the complexes that we have. So you can see the slides in front of you there. Firstly, on the left-hand side, you can see Syrah and Bowen Court. And these are examples of affordable long-term rentals in dedicated seniors complexes. So CIRA, the top one here, um, it is a unit complex of 30 units. 20 of those are for elderly residents. And we find that the majority of those are older women, single older women who are, have been in all sorts of different situations, but certainly have had that gender pay gap, inequity, and a number of different things in their lives, which mean that they absolutely need the affordable housing. So 20 there for older women, and then the remaining 10 are actually owner-occupied. So a lot of our buildings are mixed tenure, mixed use, to really have a good mix of community in each of the buildings. The second one there down the bottom is called Bowen Court, and that was actually a joint venture that we did with Blue Care. It was a very old, rundown aged care facility. BHC actually did a renovation on it and has Re rejuvenated it into 51 beautiful units of seniors accommodation and the seniors that live there love it they they don't want to ever move out so that's those two and as I said before in those two um, complexes we rent out at 75 percent of market or less so basically looking at around the 30 percent of somebody's income over here you can see um, two of our other complexes one is Kagra house up the top that is 57 units of accommodation um, for active for elderly people and then below that Benson Place. Both of these are examples of affordable long-term rentals for active um, elderly people who are downsizing from public housing. So this is for people who have lived in public housing all their lives and now potentially don't need the four-bedroom house or the three-bedroom house and can actually move into a unit, either a one-bedroom or a one-bedroom plus multi-purpose room. Um, these were specifically, specifically designed to be able to have people move from public housing and free up those public housing units. 
And when we did these two complexes, so one is for 57 units and one is for 35, seriously, we would have spoken to about 700 people and we could have filled these units many, many, many times over. The demand was just absolutely so strong. And again, once people live there, the sense of community is fantastic. They love it, they don't wanna leave. Um, if we can just move to the very next slide, please. Um, this particular slide is talking about Arbor Sherwood. Um, and that and Arbor Sherwood is BHC's first affordable retirement living complex. So this, this is this one down here. So essentially what we realized at BHC was that in fact, there were a number of seniors and particularly women who might have a little bit of equity in a home, not a lot, probably not a lot to actually go and move into a typical or mainstream um, retirement village, but that they needed to be able to utilize that equity in a way that, that was actually gonna get them a home and a roof over their head and long-term secure affordable accommodation. So we built this affordable retirement uh, village and essentially brought about a new rental model. So rather than your typical model where people buy in at the at the rate that they buy in at, we've actually got three financial models. So people can buy in with a very, very small amount of equity and pay a rent or a medium amount of equity and pay a smaller rent or just buy in at a normal model with a DMF, deferred management fee. So we found that to be terrific. And again, that complex, which is 52 units, Largely the singles are women, older women who did not have any other options. Um, and, and most of them are brought, brought in on module one, which is the very small amount of equity and then choosing to pay a rent, all of which is very affordable. The community that has been developed there is just lovely, absolutely astounding. And it's been life-changing for those people. Um, on the right hand here, I've just actually also included two examples of BHC's general affordable housing stock, because honestly, so many older residents are happy to live in a mixed tenure community. They're not necessarily looking to live with other seniors. As long as it is affordable for them, then that's a real positive. And those complexes there, as with all of ours, are rented out at the 75% or less of market rent. So it's affordable for people. In terms of delivering older women's housing in general, um, we have taken particular care to ensure that we're designing that built form um, and making sure that we're doing the service delivery for older people correctly. But to be honest, some things just are constants across good affordable housing design. Erin um, was talking before about proximity to amenities, public transport and shops, so important. Good design elements like crossflow ventilation, good solar orientation to make sure that the costs of living are reduced and then really lovely architectural design too, to make sure that the places are practical, livable, and also beautiful. So people have a sense of pride in where they live. We find that's really important. Um, we also undertook two longitudinal research studies when we did the decanting of people from public housing into our complexes. And we found some really um, important things were unveiled. They're not rocket science, but the importance of creating community connection, the importance of having ongoing holistic housing management and caretakers in the site to keep the complexes looking beautiful, ensuring homes provide the opportunity to age in place. Um, safety and security were really, really big elements and things that we take very, very seriously in all of our developments. And also having additional space to accommodate things like caring and family responsibilities. A lot of elderly people were still looking after grandkids, for instance, and needed to have them be able to stay in their complexes. So having them not too small so that they were able to do that. 
Um, and look, just to, to end by saying, in terms of what do we need from government, it's funding, funding, and more funding, and better coordination, honest to goodness. It is just funding and coordination across all levels of government that we need. A national housing strategy is also what we need. Funding sources that are sufficient, predictable, and long-term so we can actually plan and we can get more of these products on the ground. It's absolutely doable. And as Tanya Plibersek said before, it's really about having the will. Great, thank you so much, Rebecca. And a really great point to end on is that there's all of this energy here. It's about gathering the will and, and prioritizing what really matters. Um, I wanted to start with a question for you since you're already up and in the, in the, um, in the mood. Uh, and it was about going back to your comment about those retirement villages. Um, and a conversation that came up quite a lot last year at the at-risk event was about this term, the middle women, which is increasingly amounts of women who come to this point with a level of equity, but um, not enough to purchase a home through an outright mortgage um, process. And so I'm wondering, this seems like a really excellent solution. Um, how scalable is this? I know you have those projects, but are there a lot more in the pipeline and, and how replicable is it? Um, the, the, the affordable retirement is extremely replicable. It's not um, a model that makes a lot of money. It is an affordable model. It's not something that you can use to kind of cross subsidize it. It is quite a lean model, but it is absolutely replicable. BHC actually did that model with, with our own funding. So we didn't get any government funding for that. And it was really a bit of a trial, a pilot, because we could see that there was this missing group out there um, because we, we house people right across the continuum. We house people from who have been previously homeless, who, who are in social housing, but then also this group that kind of can't rent in the private rental market, you know, oftentimes, and I think we heard from both Linda and um, Linda and Penny this morning that they were spending 70% of their income in private rental. We find this all the time. It's absolutely unaffordable. So for women, for instance, who have got a little bit of equity, being able to put that into somewhere where you can have um, a roof over your head and put down roots and know that it is secure for you um, in perpetuity for the long term is absolutely fantastic. And it is replicable. And it's a model where people can still have money left over to put food on the table, to do the things that they want to do. It's not taking up every last cent. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that preventing those people from falling into homelessness is a really important goal in itself, not just from the economic perspective, but from the self-esteem perspective for those women. We need to actually be addressing these issues sooner rather than later and avoiding that spiral into homelessness. There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. With Facebook stripping content, it's a timely reminder to focus on the communication channels and platforms that the community controls. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Twitter at 3CR and Instagram at 3CR Melbourne. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855 AM. Keep in touch, 3cr.org.au.
Pie, as they say in the US of A. I'm Joseph Toscano from Anarchist World This Week, Talk Back With Attitude and Radical Australia. And you're listening to Summer Programming on 3CR Community Radio, 855am, 3CR Digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. We are here for you. We are here to help you overcome all that overindulgence you'll experience during the festive season. Listen to FreeCR Radio and have your non-synapsing neurons reawaken with fascinating news, views and opinions. We're nearly out of time now, but you are still listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show on 3CR, 8.55am, with Shane and Fiona. Um, Fiona, you wanted to tell people a little bit about what they have to look forward to in these dark times. I know, it seems strange to be planning so far ahead. I can't believe we're actually doing this. It's a new year, it's a new leaf we've turned over. Um, Yeah, so for the next show, we've got um, one of our original HAG members who will be coming on. I went and gave a talk down on the Mornington Peninsula to a group of older women and a couple of the people in the audience were some of the original founding members of HAG and started the co-op movement back in the day in the 80s. And we're lucky enough to have um, one of those women come on and speak to us about why why they did it and how, what their successes were and what how things have changed over time so we're excited about that so tune in for the next show in the fortnight's time for that one shane you were going to tell people how they can get in contact with us yeah so if you want to get in touch either to get more involved in some of our political organizing type work around housing justice for older people or because you're an older Victorian who has a housing issue and wants to talk to someone about it, um, please do get in touch. The office is still closed to the public uh, for the obvious COVID-related reasons, Um, but you can give us a call. We can make an in-person appointment if that's what's needed. Um, The numbers you can call us on, so the one for like general political advocacy type stuff, uh, 9654 7389. Uh, Or if you want to get in touch about an issue that you're having yourself, you can call us on 1300 765 178. That's 1300 765 178. You can also find us online at oldtenants.org.au. You can find us on Twitter. I think that's at Hag Home at Last. Uh, Try and remember that one. And find us on Facebook, but I don't know what the, the profile name is for that one. So you're just going to have to use the search function. Yeah. Get off Facebook anyway. Who are you kidding? The, um, I think that we are pretty much out of time for this week. Uh, Fiona, you had a song lined up. What are we going to hear to take yeah. us out? So today we're going to hear from the late, great Lee Scratch Perry. Um, so, yep. We'll see you next fortnight for another exciting Raise the Roof show. Hey, bye. See you later. Bye. Lucifer, son of the morning, I'm gonna chase you out of earth.